0: The show
1: that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas
0: City Facebook page. Keep
1: on, keep on Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City live in studio on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Joined by David Lesky from Inside the Crown. About 15 minutes talking some Royals. As guess what? Kyle, you know what's up. We're back, baby. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. There is baseball being played today. There is baseball being played. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, the lineup is not. What it's going to be come opening day, at least uh, I sure hope not, or else that's an absolute and utter disaster. If Garrett Hampson's batting leadoff, uh, we have issues. And playing short. <laughs> and playing short, good call. If Sandy Leone is a starting catcher, things have gone sideways. But you got Gentry, Waters, Lofton, Massey, Velasquez, Pascantino, all in the lineup today. Uh, Brousseau, obviously the guy who, up um, a legend, right? Wasn't that with Tampa Bay when he hit that uh,
2: Mike Brasso off of Chapman?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's got a hit today. Waters has a bomb, and Massey has a triple. The Royals are gonna be the best team of all time. Has to with 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 with, with that happening. Yeah, I'd have to agree, <laughs> even though they are losing three to two. Uh, we will talk more about this with David Lesky, and again about ten to twelve minutes. Doing to bring up a NFL related uh, tidbit here as the NFL salary cap rises to thirty point six million, uh rises thirty point six million to a record two hundred fifty five point four million per team. This is uh, this is massive, man. This is a big deal for Kansas City. Now, I will obviously point out this is good for every team. Okay, so while you might originally think, hey. For Kansas City, this is phenomenal. Maybe they can keep some more of these guys. This also means that other teams have more money to throw around as well. So you might see some players, well, get larger contracts than originally thought. So it's a double-edged sword here. But again, I think for the most part, you have to at least be enthused for KC, maybe you don't have to extend Justin Reading anymore. You can let him play on his current contract, right? Maybe that's something that, ha- that 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 happens. Maybe you don't have to readjust MVS's contract. Maybe it is a full-on cut instead of a restructure. Um, just certain of those middle uh, contracts, right? That we all thought we're going to have to have some workarounds put in them. Maybe now the Chiefs will not have to. But again. Every team now has more money to throw around as well. Um, this is a thirteen point six percent increase over last year's cap um, last year's two hundred twenty four point eight million again thirty point six million more per team than last year. So most of the projections had the cap coming in around two hundred and forty million to two hundred and forty five million. This is crazy like this is. I don't want to say unprecedented because I don't, I, I don't want to go back and, and speak um, wrongly if a percent increase has happened like this before, but this is crazy. Like, this is nuts. When you think it's going to be 240 to 245, and then it comes in at 255.4, again, you're looking at a situation where well, the majority of the teams in front offices right now have to be pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty thrilled. Because a lot of these teams, by the way, they run their projections off of the lower number, right? So they're like, oh, we got to run off of 240 just in case. Now all of a sudden you finally get 15 mil more to work with?
2: I, yeah. That sounds like a luxurious need extension. One, maybe, one, maybe One can like hope. This.
1: But again like when it comes down to Chris Jones and why again that's the thought process at least initially well now a team that was going to pay Chris Jones 30 million might go you know what we'll pay him 33 34 who cares we got extra money to work with a team that was going to pay Legerius 17 per season and like, well, what's 20 versus 21 if that means we get him versus we don't get to get him so that's what it's going to come down to again the chiefs are still going to have some decisions to make but this should alleviate some of the
2: concerns that were there. A hundred percent, and I think teams now. This is this can only be a good thing. There are no negatives here. Um, I mean, think about you know some of the more minor pieces, uh, especially on the Chiefs' defense al- along that defensive line. They're definitely going to be in the market for probably some veteran D line help. Oh, they have one the guy, as season. we have mentioned, yeah. Neil Farrell in a contract. And th- yeah, and that's it. And. Now think about Drew Tranquil, uh, Willie Gay, you yeah. know, some stuff can now, you've got a little extra cushion, basically. Well, well and even a guy like McCall Hardman, yeah. right? Like, again, who might get a smaller
1: deal, but maybe there's room now to bring him back. And now, I, I don't think it would happen, but now is Tommy Townsend for sure gone. Because if you have the money to keep a punter because you have more money than you thought you had, if it is only going to be $3.5 million per season instead of one, maybe this is an actual competition and not just a, For sure thing that Tommy's done. Again, I'm still leading towards Tommy Townsend to play his last snap in Kansas City, which is last punt being a recovery by Kansas City in the Super Bowl, right? That's a good way to go out as a punter. But maybe it makes that decision more intriguing now. Uh, Three teams, 49ers, Packers, and Seahawks, uh, they all probably thought that they were going to be over the cap. And then all of a sudden, this morning, they go, Oh, yeah, (laughs) we're under the cap, baby. So I think no team is happier than the 49ers, Packers, and Seahawks, at least management-wise. Part of the reason for the massive jump, according to ESPN, is that the league has now paid back all the player benefits that were deferred in 2020 as part of the agreement between the players and the league to keep the league running during the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's a big reason why. So it wasn't all Taylor Swift. Not all Taylor Swift. Sorry to the Swifties. Don't come at us. It had a medical reason, basically, because of COVID-19. But, you know, yell at Kyle, not me, <laughs> Swifties. Don't 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 come to me. Uh, cap growth is directly tied into the league's revenue growth, but it was limited in 2022 and 2023 because of the repayment of those benefits. Uh, those repayment benefits were, re- were um, subtracted from the final calculations. So, with all the benefits repaid... 2024 cap number more closely reflects the increase in revenue. Um, They did say, the NFL, why the cap rose so sharply as well is because of an extraordinary increase in media revenue. Since the league signed new deals with its broadcast partners in 2021, there had been a belief that 2024 and 2025 were the first years in which the new TV revenue would really have a noticeable impact on the league. So there you go. And I guess that also goes on to, does that mean the Peacock situation? Amazon sounds like they're going to be getting a game for the playoffs, right? That's what at least it looked like. Maybe I'm wrong. I saw that this morning. I I apologize. I didn't actually do a deeper dive into that. I was going to talk more baseball in this, but then I just thought of that. Um, How much do those play a factor in what the salary cap number is going to be going forward? But again, you might not see the increase for a couple years. Again, 2021 was the new deal. You're seeing it now in 2024. But part of that, again, goes back to having the COVID benefit numbers that had to be repaid.
2: Uh, that uh, Amazon thing you're talking about, Joe Pompliano, yeah. Amazon is paying $150 million for an exclusive streaming-only NFL playoff game next year. Peacock paid <laughs> them one hundred ten. Well, I, dude,
1: I, again, you, you'll never hear me like this. You'll never hear me like yeah, this. Yeah,
2: I understand that. Yeah.
1: I, I feel for every, I know, I get most people have Amazon Prime and they're like, why don't you? Well, I know it's silly, but for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't shop online that much. I'm not going to pay money to this massive conglomerate when I would prefer to shop local. That's not me trying to be like, uh, uh better than thou. That's just a philosophy. Um, and i hate the fact that a lot of older people who might not have the ability like my grandpa my my grandparents like my grandpa would love to watch the games but he doesn't know how to download amazon or these apps and i get it like he lives in southern indiana i'm, I'm i can't get there and uh, set it up for him when i'm here like there're there just certain things that i i don't know if the nfl really And again, I'm sure it's a cost analysis. I don't want to say they don't understand, because I I bet they do understand. They just think that the value and the money that they receive makes up for it. But but A lot of older people who might not be as technically savvy, um, some people who don't have the smart TVs, right? Not everyone has a smart... The majority of folks do. I'm not talking about the 95%. I'm talking about the 5% that all of a sudden now don't have the ability to watch not a Week 3 game, not a preseason game, not the Broncos versus Panthers, but a playoff game, Right? That, to me, is a um, – it's sad. That's what it comes down to, at least in my opinion. Yeah.
2: And I'm i am one of those lucky ones. Uh, my grandma lives here locally. I did actually set up the Peacock thing for her. She's yeah. got a smart TV. And, yeah, like like you just mentioned, some people just don't – are not that lucky. You know? So I understand the frustration, but the NFL will make – Make their move based on money. I, I think we all know
1: that. Yes, uh, the NFL saw a salary rise increase of roughly ten million to twelve million per year every year from t- two thousand thirteen to twenty twenty. The cap dropped by nearly seventeen million in twenty twenty one. Guess what the salary cap was in twenty twenty one? Two hundred and seventeen. One hundred and eighty two point five. Seventy million more, seventy three more, now. Good lord! Yeah, because of the pandemic obviously, yeah. but it went from uh, one ninety eight to one eighty two point five, then two hundred eight point two. Okay, so there was the Two twenty four point eight, and then this year two fifty
2: five point four. Man,
1: a So normally you get ten to twelve million per year is the increase. Mm-hmm. That's why I think a lot of folks thought the number was going to come in. Um, in the 240s because they expected the increase obviously with the the benefits being paid back from 224.8 to 245ish. That's still 17 that's still a good or um 20 million. That's still it's still a pretty big increase but but the 30 this is uh great for GMs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this from uh, Peter Schrager. And players by the way. This from uh, Peter Schrager Stu Tell me, can you guess what the salary cap was in 94? I'll say 100 million. 34.
1: Wow. That is ridiculous. (laughs) 30 years ago. Yeah. 30 years ago. That's what the cap increased basically this one year. It was an Oakland A's payroll. Soon to be Vegas. We'll see. Tell you what, if you're an athlete now, you are living in the best time to be an athlete. But again, come check back in 10 to 20 years from now, 30 years from now, maybe then would be the better time to have been an athlete. Can always look forward, can always look back and say, hey, what could have been for those guys? But at some point, you got to live in the now. We'll take a break. We will live in the now. Talking Royals baseball with David Leske, Homestretch, ESPN, Kansas City. We're Welcome back to the home stretch, joined now by David Lesky. Lesky, how are you? You know,
0: can't complain. There's baseball in my ears, and it's a nice day out. I get to talk to you. Everything, everything is coming up, Lesky.
1: Oh, my gosh. Two Duffies have already pitched in the game. One Danny and for the the Rangers and another Duffy for Kansas City. Wow, look at that. And
0: there's a Duffy on the field for the Rangers,
1: too. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes things change, but sometimes they stay the same. Uh, All right, uh, Lesky. Duffy Central. (laughs) Get ready for me to be insufferable because Drew Waters is that dude as he hits a home run in this game. And I am all on board in Drew Waters um, being the starting center fielder. He also struck out. Yeah, but that, that, you know, that's fine. If you're hitting one for two with a with a home yeah. run and a strikeout, I'll, I'll take that all day, Lesky. And that's yep. going to gonna keep up for all 162 regular games, regular season but games. If he gets
0: <laughs> 600 plate appearances and it's 300 homers or 300 strikeouts,
1: um, I'm going to call it a good year. And you know what? And somehow they'll, they'll have a Barry Bond stat where his OPS still is, is less than his. <laughs> you know, okay. Let me
0: think this through. If so he gets up 600 times, uh, four bases, obviously, every time, 2,000. No, it, it would be higher than very Bonds. I mean, <laughs> but but what, what's wild, like legitimately, I, 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 you have to try to do some math here. If he, if he were to go 100 for 600 with 100 home runs, it would be a terrible batting average, but it would still be a decent year. Um, that would be Closer. <laughs> I, I I need to do the math, but I I wonder if Barry Bonds is higher. Than that. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's just wild. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Where, where do you want to start? You want to start stadium? You want to start uh, Quick Trip Patch? You want to start spring training? You want to start Eric Hosmer? We got a lot to talk about.
0: I I want to go wherever you want to go. All right. Let's so you you lead the way.
1: Let, let's start with Hosmer retiring because I, I I find it fun. I find it reminiscent. Just looking back on what he did in Kansas City, and also I find it interesting that 29 other teams are just ripping on the guy. And I guess I kind of understand because ever since he left Kansas City, you know, eight years ago or seven years ago now, he had a negative war while amassing $144 million. It's just funny how one team views him in this uh, immaculate light while 29 other teams are like, wow, I'm, I can't believe we're having this much of a parade for this guy.
0: Well, I mean, he wasn't an integral part of a World Series champion for 29 other teams. It was only for the one. And, you know, his, his career took a bit of a turn. Um, didn't go very well for him in San Diego or... um Chicago, or that like ten minute period where I think he was almost traded at the Nationals, <laughs> and then and then in Boston, um, yeah, it, it's uh, things did not go as, as I think planned for anybody. Um, I mean, people panned the Padres for giving him that deal yeah. back when they did, and, and rightfully so. He didn't deserve that contract, <laughs> but um, that's fine. The Royals, honestly, if they didn't give it to him, the Royals were going to give him something close. So. Um, I, I wonder a little bit sometimes what would have happened. He, he was clearly comfortable here. Um, you know, he clearly, I don't, I don't think he had a problem being the guy necessarily. And he, and he wasn't in San Diego for long because they ended up saying Machado and, and, and Tatis came up and all that. But I, I wonder how different things would have been. Would he have continued to be a pretty good hitter? Um, probably a, continue to be an overrated defender. Uh, I don't know. And then I was think about, let's, let's say the Royals did give him that deal. Was, let's call it the exact deal. It doesn't matter really. It would have been, an, it would have been their first hundred million dollar contract before Bobby Witt Jr. Um, would the last few years have been as dark for Kansas city because they would have had this massive contract on the books that they probably would have tried to spend toward winning a little bit more maybe mm. over the years. So it's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it. You don't know the answer to it because it's, it's all hypothetical, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, the guy is top fifteen offensively in Royals history in like thirteen categories or something <laughs> like that. He was the number four, I think he hit fourth, and a World Series champion. You know, I mean, that, that's it's hard hard to argue with that. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's when he goes to bed at night. I don't think he's going to bed thinking, "Oh man, I wish I would have played better." On that. I mean, he probably does think about that sometimes, but <laughs> he probably goes to bed staring at his World Series ring.
1: And With a 144 mil, place. yeah, it doesn't right. suck. <laughs> I, 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 look, I, 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 I don't know Hosmer well at all.
0: I mean, I've talked to him a few times, but I don't, I, I would imagine he probably has some regrets, um, but I also don't think he has any problems falling asleep. at least not because of his career
1: how do you view him just in in Royals totality here right he was a guy who had uh, the Royals have had a lot of dudes with a lot of hype but he was up there with the Gordon hype and George Brett hype and Bo Jackson hype like he was in the the pantheon of 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 potential and he was again really good and when you look back I I think when you win a World Series and you were that big of a part of that, it can never be labeled a disappointment. But is there ever a part of you that almost realizes that he was kind of, for a while at least, a trend of guys who had a lot of potential and never seemed to hit his ceiling?
0: Well, I mean, you look up and down the Royals organization historically, how many guys have come up and not been as good as they should have been? Or as we thought they should have been, I guess we should say.
1: (laughs) he, I, I was going to say j- 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 sorry I t- j- to kind of phrase this a little better for you is that a organizational thing or is that yeah. almost fans in general where we always expect a top prospect no matter no matter the organization to all of a sudden be Bryce Harper to, meet, to be Mike Trout to be Ronald Acuna Jr. when in reality that's way more rare than even we think
0: I mean it's an organizational thing because now mm. to get to that level yeah it, it's not going to happen as often as, as you want it to but um, I mean that that's not a. The, the Royals have historically, well, in the last 25 years, I might be wrong on on a number because 25 years ago in my head is like 1992, and that's not accurate. <laughs> but um, it, they don't get as much out of players as they should. I mean, I'm not saying Eric Hosmer should have been. I'm trying to think off the top of my, I'm, I'm blanking on any, you know, Fred McGriff. Let's say. Like that, Freddie Freeman. Great. Freddie Freeman. Sure, let's let, let's use a current player, Freddie Freeman. I'm not saying he should have been. We shouldn't be disappointed that he wasn't Freddie Freeman, but like he could have been Tino Martinez, and I don't and I and I don't think he was. You know, sure. And and, and it's Royals players have typically fallen pretty far far from where I I, I think they were expected to be. You know, Mike Moustakas took what, five years before he was a productive big league hitter. Hosmer um, was off and on for a few years and then kind of settled in for, for a few years. Alex Gordon took a long time. <laughs> Billy wow. Butler, um, great, Royals, great Royals hitter, Billy Butler. Not as good as he could have been. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, just, it, it, it's, it's a long line, but it doesn't take away from what Eric Hosmer did. And, and in my opinion, I, well, I, my, my hot take is you can put the whole 2015 roster in the Royals Hall of Fame. I don't care. I'm not going to argue with that at all. Sure. <laughs> like, like I, I, obviously, it's not going to happen, so it's easy for me to say that. But there's not a single player on that roster um, who I'd look at and, and argue too much with.
1: Yeah, you know Ryan? Ryan Madsen, I think, really deserved it Was that 14? <laughs> no, he was 15. Yeah. Ryan if Ryan Madsen. you want
0: to put Ryan Madsen in the Royals Hall of Fame, I don't care. Do it. He pitched important innings. Good. Great. Because he, he, here's the thing, in my opinion team hall of fames are obviously different than league hall of fames yeah. and or sport hall of fames, I guess. Cause it's not an MLB hall of fame. It's a baseball hall of fame. Um, the team hall of fame tells the story of the team and you can't tell the story of the Royals franchise without Eric Cosmer. You can't because he was a middle of the order, huge prospect, all that on a world series champion. Mm. You cannot tell the team story without him. So he, he needs to be a Royals Hall of Famer. And look, the numbers are there, too. It's not like he's 87th in home runs and 144th in RBIs. Like, no, he's top 15. And he was the most engaging three years in social media era of Royals history. Yeah. And he was, he was the forefront of that. I mean, the career didn't pan out the way that everybody expected it to when he came up in 2011. But he had a good career. Like this is not a this is not a situation where you're looking at a complete bust. He just he didn't live up to the height, but he had a great career.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% with you as far as him being a Royals Hall of Famer. He was the you know for for me it's it's him, Lorenzo, um, and Salvador. Like if you could yep. only pick three, I think those three. Uh, I was...
0: You got to put Alex Gordon in there.
1: Uh, fine, you're, you're correct. Alex Gordon, so for Zach Grinke, I think just in totality, obviously, just for what sure. he did. He was in that era, that, that three-year stretch, but just Grinke's obviously in there. And then I guess Moose would probably be the fifth, right? And then you'd go Esky, maybe sixth, uh, before you start, if you want to start getting into the bullpen debate as well. I think that's obviously one to be yeah. had.
0: Uh, well, and uh, look, Danny Duffy, you're Ventura. Like, these guys, they, uh. we, we can talk, tw- I mean, I could talk 2014, 2015 Royals forever, Um it's um it's it's hard for me personally to separate emotion from logic with that team mm-hmm. and like I said if you want to put Gerard Dyson in the Royals Hall of Fame I'm, I'm in you want to put Christian clone in there done Let's do Apollo <laughs> Orlando <laughs> heck yeah uh, excuse me I there. think
1: you mean Paulo Tripolo
0: I do I, you're right I'm sorry I apologize <laughs> HUD um Oh, boy. That just made me think of when he hit the green walk-up. Yeah. Uh Um, You like that one? (laughs) Yeah, I was... Yeah. Boy, I I love me some HUD. Um, I used to do a really good HUD impression. I don't think it's good anymore.
1: Try it. um, Come on. It's spring training. It's the same thing. ah, It's spring training for your HUD. Okay, I got to
0: get into it. It's funny. I actually listen... Do you ever listen to people who do impressions for a living? Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. It, It is amazing. And they always talk about like there's always a phrase that they have to use to get into the impression and mine for hudler is i love baseball because he says it he's like i love baseball it's great baseball's a big league pearl <laughs> and it it's the only way i can get into it um but yeah it, it, it needs some work
1: dude strong big fan
0: know. you know what you're gonna do
1: Oh man, I'm a massive fan. I need to work on my huddler with you. We we whenever we're playing uh, so, some some poker or something soon, we'll uh, for sure we'll we'll do that. I, I
0: got I got that in my Denny impression
1: that that is that one's is, good. That one's electric. That one I've heard a time or two, and that one yeah. that one's legitimately electric. Like you you get chills when when, 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 you, when you get into that.
0: I yeah, when, when I can, when I get going it's it's pretty good. I I don't think I I haven't even tried it yet this spring, so I'm not gonna give it to
1: you yet. Yeah, that that that's still uh you're on the uh the I L right now. That that, that one's gotta I'm, I'm get, so, get gotta stretched, stretched out. I gotta
0: stretch for that one. Got gotta, gotta it, get it, stretched it, out. It, it's just raspy enough that it I mean it really does take a little more out of your voice.
1: <laughs> um actually in a serious conversation though with, with the lack of since we were talking about guys who had very high potential who he didn't quite live up to and you we, you think it's more of an organizational thing that's why I thought Bobby Witt Jr. was such a big step for Kansas City not just the fact that he was great but the fact that he was so great so early on and especially getting rewarded for what he did it feels different with Bobby Witt Jr. than all of the previous guys who quite frankly all had the exact same amount of hype as Bobby Witt right? Let's be real now wouldn't you say Gordon had the same amount? Wouldn't you say that Hosmer had the same amount, and they had good careers, and again, I'm not saying Bobby Witt Jr. could not just fall off, I'm sure it is possible, but it seems very, very unlikely. We've already seen more from Bobby Witt Jr. as far as the ceiling, the ability to carry a team on his back, than I think we saw from the previous guys, and that to me, again, is a step in the right direction. It feels new, it feels fresh.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. season last year was the best in Kansas City since Lorenzo Cain in 2015 um, and before that uh, a Beltron year maybe yeah. like it, that's and 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 you feel like it wasn't even the full potential you know it, it, because he started off so slow I mean it was it was late May he was people were talking about he, oh actually he, what they weren't talking about it. he got moved down in the lineup to 6th mm-hmm. or 7th um, that's two months into the season he got moved down because he was struggling so it um it, to see him turn things around and have that kind of overall year. I mean, I remember last season looking at the numbers and I'm going, "Oh, he's got the third best wins above replacement in baseball since June 1st." And then at some point it was like, "Oh, he's got the fifth best wins above replacement in baseball." Not since June 1st, <laughs> just overall. And that's with 2 months of being kind of bad. Yeah. So, um I mean, the, the big thing Bobby Witt Jr in 2024 and obviously beyond, the the big um the important thing here is full season. Got to do it for six months. And, and there's going to be slumps. I'm not saying that, that he has to go six months without a single over for 4 or whatever. But he can't have seven, eight weeks where he, the, the conversation is, like there, there was a point, the conversation, was should he be sent to AAA? Mm. And, and the answer was always no, let's yeah. be real. I, I don't think that there was ever a point that he should have been sent triple a other than if you want to say hey the guy is struggling and we can get back that year of service time which is another argument but um doesn't matter anymore because of the contract but um that conversation and that conversation wouldn't happen after last season but but he can't have those stretches as a nearly 300 million dollar man even though he'll never actually get to that point in the contract probably but um it's it it just can't happen so that's the big next step for him. It, it's gotta, he's got to extend it into the cold. The cold months have to start pretty well, too. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was to see him do that and, and, and do something that so many guys have struggled to do. And eventually, like, Alex Gordon, he found it, eventually. Yeah. And he had some legitimately great seasons. Um, Billy Butler, I mean, he got sent down, too. Remember, mm-hmm. in 2008, he got sent down. Um, he had some really great offensive seasons, and that's that's all that matters for Butler because his his value was bad. Um, Hosmer had a couple great seasons. I, I'm sorry, Moustakas had a couple really good seasons. You know, these they ended up having the seasons that you maybe expected, but it just wasn't as much as 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 you expected in, in total. And that's what for Bobby Witt, it's about doing that. It's about getting to the total success and not. You know, not, not bits and pieces here and there.
1: David Lesky is our guest. Uh, small move that was made, and he's in the lineup today. Sandy Leone. Uh, this was interesting to me because it was originally reported as a minor league deal. No, and no,
0: it- no you're, you're you're wrong on the catcher. Leone was already signed. Who,
1: who? It was, was Austin Nola. Austin Nola, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Nola, that was originally a minor league deal. That was...
0: Um... <laughs> you just call, hey, you're wrong. No, I, sorry. I, I, was just, no, I wanted to stop.
1: <laughs> you're, you're completely correct. I, sorry, I saw Sandy Leone in the lineup. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the guy. No, Austin Nola, he was with the Padres for a little bit, if, I, if I'm if i not uh, mistaken. Yeah. Um, why? Because it looks like it's a major league deal from from the yeah. from the correction, and that I don't understand unless that means uh, Freddie Fermin or just a trade in generals in the works. I, I'm just confused here.
0: No, so deal had came through last night, yesterday evening, maybe. Um, I was I saw it and I was just kind of whatever. <laughs> it didn't mean much to me. Um, and then I actually got a text from from somebody who, in the know. Um, I'll say that. I'll leave it at that. Who was like, "Hey, major league deal just means forty man deal." He okay. he wanted a forty man. He's on the forty man roster. Um, and then JJ talked this morning. I guess, and Rogers reported on that that he said, "Look, this is he has an option. This is a depth deal. We wanted a third catcher on the forty man. We expect Freddie Fairmean to be the backup. Um, all that good stuff." So mm. I, it's one hundred percent from what I can tell. Depth. Um, they didn't have a third catcher on the forty man. They were able to move Chris Bubich to the 60-day IL because spring training had started so they could sign somebody else to the 40-man. In my opinion, they didn't want to get into a situation like they did last year where, I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad about Logan Porter or Tyler Cropley or whoever. I think they wanted guys who they trust behind the plate, and I don't think they truly trusted those two, but they didn't really have much of a choice because just injury upon injury upon injury as the season went on. And so I think they wanted legitimate big league catching depth. And my opinion, and this is not from any source, um, my opinion is had Austin Nola been available earlier in the offseason, Sandy Leone probably wouldn't have gotten a minor league deal. Mm. And I would not be surprised now. Again, conjecture, full conjecture, just just to put that out there. I would not be terribly surprised if you see a lot of Sandy Leone early in camp because they are like, hey, Guy rest of baseball, come see him, sign him away from us because we, we have him now and we don't want to keep him from everybody because we actually wanted Austin Nola. <laughs> and, and, and Nola wasn't available because he was with the Brewers, and they let him go when they signed Gary Sanchez to, I think, like a $7 million deal or something. No, that, that got mixed because of a physical thing. But whatever it was, they signed Gary Sanchez and let, let Austin Nola go. So um, that's the move. I think when you put it in that context, it makes a whole lot of sense. Sure. Catching is good catchers are tough to come by. And Nola is not without interest. He's a good defender, but he also, I mean, he could hit a couple of years ago. You remember, he got traded in, I think it was I think it was the 2020 season, so obviously a small sample because yeah. everything was a small sample. But uh, he hit well in 2019, hit well in 2020, and then kind of fell off. And then last year had some concussion issues. Um,
1: there is, I think. He was really bad last year, but 2021 yeah. it was pretty solid. 2021. 2021. Yeah, 2021, yeah. It was, he slashed uh, OPS of 716, sure. OPS plus of 101, so league average with plus defense as a catcher. Again, 194 plate appearances, but still, as a backup catcher, you you take that every single time.
0: Yeah, I and mean, look, we, if, if the Royals brought back Cam Gallagher and said he's your backup catcher, I don't think you're upset. Look at his offensive numbers last year. The, the catching depth is about somebody you actually trust to, to lace up behind the plate because – it's a tough job, and that—that's—that's that's the Austin Nola deal. I—I um, I, sure, I guess it's possible that he outplays Freddie Freeman in spring training. <laughs> I don't—I don't see it because, from my understanding, the Royals and Mac Petrero will love Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and Salvi's not going anywhere unless they say he's no longer a catcher, um, <laughs> which I don't see happening right now. Um, maybe eventually, but. He's not going anywhere right now, so this is purely to get a third catcher on the 40, man.
1: Yeah. David Lesky is our guest right here. Michael Massey uh, is obviously playing for his starting job this spring training. He has a triple off of, actually of all people, Danny Duffy in this game. Lefty versus lefty. Uh, How important is it that Michael Massey continues to rake all spring training? Obviously with Adam Frazier, the veteran, waiting in the wings. Again, it was a signing where you and I have talked about it before. Uh, It does seem a little bit redundant, but also it puts pressure on a young guy to say, hey, you have to produce now. There's no more sitting and waiting. It's time put up or shut up, what does this mean for Michael Massey and his spring training?
0: So, before the 2023 season, um, the world put together a little nice little thing where I was invited out with a few other people, got to sit and chat with J.J. Piccolo and Mac Mottrero, and um, it was really, really cool experience. And one of the things that J.J. said that, that caught my attention was, that 2023 was going to be the year where guys could let them know if they could be counted on beyond 2023, and it, the the implication. And then he asked a couple of questions and kind of got you know GM speak a little bit, but the implication was very clearly: if these guys don't show themselves to be a core piece, they they will either no longer be on the team or there will be competition for them in 2024 and beyond. Mm. And I I think that I don't like Adam Fraser as a player. I I just don't think he's good enough. So I don't love the choice they made, but I don't have any problem with them bringing in that sort of depth and that competition for a Michael Massey because he didn't have a good year. He had flashes, um, brutal April, didn't walk at all until like the 20... Ninth and even that, I feel like it was on a pitch clock violation. I think actually, um, and, and I, I, it was actually not. I think it definitely was on a pitch clock violation. The pitch was actually thrown and it was a ball, so it was really disappointing because I'm sure he was like, "Can you just call it a ball?" So I got, I actually walked on a called ball four, but whatever. It was still a walk, and he was better from that point forward. His strikeout rate cut down a lot. Um, he showed some power, especially as the season progressed, um, but it wasn't a good year. And, and so, yeah, I think Adam Fraser was brought in as... as I, don't, I don't know if it's purely competition or as competition slash depth, but um, whatever the reason, that means Michael Massey's got to have a big spring. And he had a big spring last year. I don't know if you remember, there was a Baseball America article talking about guys who their spring was poisoning them for big years. And, and Massey was on that list. Um, and then, and I, I was on that train, too. I'm, I'm a big Michael Massey fan. I think that he... I just love the way he goes about his work. I love, I think he's a good defender at second base. I like his swing. I'm a big fan. Um, And so I'm really rooting for him. Um, He's he's got to have another big spring because if he doesn't, this year there's two guys who could take his job. It's Adam Frazier and Nick Lofton. Either one of them can. So it's it's a big spring for him. And I was glad to see he got the big hit. I, I, obviously can't see the game. I'm not there. Sure. It's not televised anywhere. Yep. I have a hunch that it was a, an Arizona triple because mm. it sounded like the ball just scooted on the outfield grass, which you know, those are hard fields. Um, just because of how dry it is out there. Um, but he, even so he hit the ball hard enough that it did, it did get through the outfielders. So, um, I don't especially care that it was a triple. I care that he hit the ball hard and I care that he hit the ball hard against a lefty. That was a nice, Nice moment. Just gotta keep doing it. The
1: rest of the spring. So right now, Michael Garcia is the third baseman. He had a ridiculous winter league, right? Was that what it was? The winter league yeah. where his, yeah. I mean, that was just. It was silly. It was uh, road to the show numbers. Even that and road to the show. I ain't getting there. Um, but there's no other really third baseman knocking on the door. Is he just going to be more of an untraditional third baseman and you get by because he has great defense with Bobby Witt Jr. having more of a third baseman's bat but also at shortstop? Is that how you see the left side of the infield shaking down? What do you make away from uh, Michael Garcia?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that he's, he's the third baseman. I, I, he's not without competition. Um, they didn't bring anybody in for him, but Nick Lofton could also play third. And um, I don't anticipate him losing the job but I, it's possible. Um, there's, he's not Bobby Witt Jr. where he's entrenched at his position. Um, defensively, he's great. We saw it last year. Yeah. He just shortstop playing third exactly as you'd expect a shortstop playing third. And um, the bat has its positives. Um, he makes contact. He makes really loud contact, actually. He doesn't – he has a pretty good understanding of the strike, so he doesn't strike out a ton the issue is, I wrote about this earlier. The offseason, season. The issue is the trajectory, and there's just not enough power in the bat. Um, ended up with an 84 weighted runs created plus, which part of that was a bad September, um, but part of it just doesn't doesn't get enough oomph onto the ball. He hits it hard, but he hits it hard into the ground, and and that's that's a that, that's kind of one of the pitfalls. You can say, oh, average exit velocity is great, hard hit rate is great, yeah, but when you're hitting ground balls, it doesn't really matter that much. So um, unless you're Luis Arise, and even he has. He's hitting the ball in the air some, but um that that's why I'm also a little bit skeptical of his winter ball because he still only had like a one fifty iso down there, mm. <laughs> even though he hit four twenty, but his plugging percentage was still under six hundred um which I know it's weird to say still under six hundred is a negative <laughs> but <laughs> but but given the average i mean it was it was a lot of singles, it wasn't a ton of extra base power sure um and i I mean I go back to um Gosh, when, when, when what was that, like two, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I heard
1: a rumor the Royals were talking about Matt Chapman or about third baseman. Um, Gosh, I love Matt Chapman. I know you and I think differ here, but I absolutely love Matt Chapman. I love when he was I, with Oakland. I know he hasn't had the best uh, seasons since. I love his arm. Watching him play defense is just glorious to watch. I, I, I've always been a big Matt Chapman guy. Well, so
0: I don't think we disagree entirely. I just don't think it's worth – what he would cost the Royals. Sure. But because it's not just the money, they lose a draft pick too, because you got a qualifying offer. They'd lose like 2.1 million or something in, in draft slot money. Like that's not insignificant. Um, plus, you know, it's, it's, it's not just that, that they'd lose that money. It's that it's, um, it's a lot of money on the contract too, in all likelihood. <laughs> so because if you're giving up a draft pick and you give a guy, you could say, Oh, we'll sign him to a one-year pillow contract. I, I would not want to give up a draft pick and that draft slot money for a guy who you only signed for one year. That just doesn't make sense to me.
1: So could you, could you, you do sign do him it. longer than one year, or are you thinking Matt Chapman's not interested in something? Well, like I, that? I don't
0: know. I don't know. I and mean, I think when they, when, what I had heard when I heard about it, I guarantee you they weren't thinking of a short term deal. It was a four or five year deal, and it was, I don't know, eighty five to a hundred million dollars, probably a hundred ten million dollars, something like that. And so I don't know if that's still on the table or not. I don't. I haven't heard anything either way about that, but there's like no Matt Chapman rumors. So at some point somebody's going to go, all right, I'll find I'll a really good defender who's got power. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why not? Because um, as a player, I think Matt Chapman is a nice fit. Um, just the cost is, is where I get a little bit hung up. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think short of that, Garcia's playing third because who else is there? Unless Nick Lofton again, Nick Lofton has a chance. He could have a massive spring, and and you know that that could be that could be where the the it, it, where where him losing his job comes into play. But it's hard to see. Uh,
1: is there a chance that Nick Lofton is on the opening day roster, and not for Michael Garcia, but as this super sub for Garrett Hampson, or is Garrett Hampson firmly entrenched at this point? Because I'm looking at it, and it feels like Hampson and uh, Lofton could could potentially be a little bit interchangeable, right? Maybe I'm wrong here. Um, Obviously, Hampson has more Major League Baseball experience. He's coming off a pretty nice year overall last year, can play everywhere defensively. Is there any chance that if, just for example, Nick Nick Lofton shows out, they still believe in Michael Garcia, they still believe in Michael Massey, that it could be actually Garrett Hampson? It was not a large contract. Is that in the cards, or is that pretty unrealistic?
0: I would bet against it for a couple reasons. One, Hampson doesn't have any options. Okay. And you're probably not signing somebody to a big league deal, no matter who it is and for how much, and then moving on um, that fast. Sure. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think that that's – if Hampson had an option, I could see maybe McLaughlin could win the job over him. Um, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I, I think that you're more likely to see. I think the only way Nick Lofton makes the big league roster is if Michael Massey does not. I don't see both of them on the roster because I just don't I don't see a way that it works because Adam Frazier's making the team and I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure Garrett Hampson is making the team. And when you start to look at the roster math, um, unless they are looking at Garrett Hampson as the fifth outfielder and don't carry another center fielder which is kind of risky given mm. that the def- the defense in the corners is MJ Melendez, Hunter Renfro and Nelson Velasquez.
1: <laughs> Some <laughs> cannons though, baby It's it's the Jose Guillen method. It's who cares? They can throw <laughs> for sure. But the, I mean, I, I, I think that you're much
0: more likely to see Drew Waters or Dyron Blanco mm. as, as an, as an extra outfielder with Hampson as kind of the third center fielder, than Hampson is the second center fielder. Um, but maybe maybe they are looking at Hampson as more of an outfielder than an infielder. And then I think, yeah, I think there is a spot for Nick Lofton. Um, so it, it's possible, but I think more likely it's it's Massey or Lofton to start. And then I, It's a long season. We I, I, always, I always say this yeah. every year, and I know you and I have talked about this. We focus so much on this opening day roster. And it's, oh, who's going to make the cut? Who's going to be there? I write projections like once a week <laughs> during spring training about this. And, and in the end... March 28th 2024 is the same one day snapshot of a roster as August 16th 2024 and yeah. May 29th 2024 like like the the roster it, it is so flexible throughout the season that the opening day roster is just a snapshot in time and if the guy doesn't, if somebody doesn't make it on that roster it doesn't that's not to say he won't be on that May 29th roster the August 16th or whatever date I said yeah. like but there there are opportunities so We put a lot of stock into opening day, but it's a long season.
1: Yeah. Well, Lesky, I I apologize. I get so excited. All I want is baseball. We got baseball. But baseball I can watch on TV. How about that? Baseball that matters, I can watch on TV. I am um, beyond excited. We're going to go to a game this year, maybe a few. Um, Before I let you go, the QT patch. So the Royals... We're one of the few teams who did not have an an advertiser last year. This year they brought it up. Uh, I love Quick Trip, but man, that color scheme sure looks bright on the uh Yeah. <laughs> especially on the powder blues. I know, I know. Look, I We
0: stand for Quick Trip, right? Like let's
1: let's let's call it like it is. Yeah, those cheesy pepper jack taquitos are on another level.
0: Sterling, any taquito?
1: It's not You don't have to
0: you don't have to pick one out. I I don't want to I, I only have one kid. Right, but if I had multiples, I wouldn't pick a favorite, and that's the same with taquitos here. So, all of the egg rolls are good. The buffalo chicken rollers are delicious. The hot dogs are delicious. Uh, the breakfast sandwiches are delicious. I love I love a quick trip coffee. Don't love them on my Royals uniform, <laughs> but but you the 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 Royals. It, it's funny because. This is one of those situations where you're like, I don't like it, but they're donating the
1: money to charity.
0: Yeah, it's
1: so for, for a great cause.
0: It's for a wonderful cause. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The uglier the patch on the uniform, the more money goes to charity. Maybe I guess if that's, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case. Um, I yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to look at it, but I appreciate what they're doing with it. So it's kind of a. I'll
1: look the other way, I guess. <laughs> uh, end of the day, too. You know what? Maybe Quick Trip needs some more love when they go and face those East Coasters and their Wawa and their Publix. Uh, Quick Trip needs to to show that they reign supreme. Okay. You
0: know what? Quick Trip against all of them is like Chiefs against 49ers. Everybody thinks the others are going to win, but it's going to be Chiefs in the end. It's going to be Quick Trip in the end.
1: <laughs> David Lesky makes you check out his work uh, inside the crown.substack.com. I mean, he is putting out phenomenal articles day after day. Uh, wake up in the morning with an email uh, of Royals knowledge directly right there. Do it while you're drinking your quick trip coffee. and Make sure you follow him on Twitter at DB Lesky. Lesky, always a pleasure. Thanks, Charlie. Take a break. Come back. Home stretch. ESPN, Kansas City. Uh-huh. Welcome to the home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Always a fun time when Lesky comes on. Oh, I thought San Leon. I, I was meaning Austin Nola because originally I saw Nola signs to a major league deal, and I go, "Wait, Aaron Nola? Like that? That can't be right." And it, was, it was Austin. I remember the Padres. Good defender. Also played some second base at one point. I remember. Yeah, he which is weird for, to play a, some infield f- too. for for a catcher. Um, but yeah. Glad that he shored that up, that it's more or less just meaning that he's on the 40-man, not necessarily he's going to be on the big league roster. They just wanted some depth. Makes a lot more sense now. That's why you talk to Lesky, right? Get the uh, the in-depth knowledge from him. A couple of things to touch on, again, in regards to the current uh salary cap rising by over 30 million up to 255 mil uh, this is according to over the cap posted by U stadium on the X chiefs now have 27.7 million dollars um in open money which right about the middle um a little less than middle looks like so i'm trying to do some math really quickly hey, let's bear with me Bills forty one million. Under the over the cap already. Even with the news. Bills are forty one mil over the cap. Again, the Von Miller stuff, they'll they'll have some ways around this. No Gabe Davis. They'll they'll figure some stuff out. But Bills and Saints are both over forty million dollars over the cap already. Dolphins, thirty-eight point five. I'm waiting for the Chargers. Chargers 22 over the cap still. Broncos 10.7 over the cap. Look at the AFC West. Cowboys 8.1, Browns 6.2. Now we get two teams that are under the cap. Niners, just under, 834. Steelers, 7.4. Packers, 8.1. Seahawks, 13. Jets, 15. Ravens, 18.5. Jags, 24.7. Then the Chiefs, 27.7. Eagles, 32. Giants, 32.8. Vikings, Falcons, Panthers. Bucks, Rams, Raiders. Raiders got 48.6 million. Um, Then the Commanders have the most with 87. Patriots, second most with 83. Bears, third with 80. Ah, uh, Bengals surprisingly fifth most right now at 72.8. So if you thought know the Bengals might have an opportunity to bring some dudes back, you might be right. Obviously, Joe Burrow's contract, Jamar Chase's contract, T. Higgins' contract. Well, a lot of dudes there. Yeah, that 72 won't stay 72 for very long. This is the home stretch here. ESPN at Kansas City. We we'll back live in studio on Monday. Until then, we are out.